Assalamu alaikum, Sister Adiba. Wa alaikum assalam. I'm very, very happy to welcome you on our Black Seed Life blog, Black Seed Life blog and podcast. Alhamdulillah. Um, we, you know, I have to say that, like, you know, you are, I think, the fourth person that we're going to interview um, for this uh, podcast. And um, we're really excited to hear everything you have to say. Mashallah, tabarakallah. Just introduce myself. Um, and I also have Sister Noura here with me. She's going to introduce herself as well. I wanted to say that, you know, um, I think my biggest role as a woman is probably as a mother. I'm mother of four. Uh, my children, alhamdulillah, they're like, you know, they're not young anymore. They're quite grown. But um, they say that, uh, you know, what do they call them? Growing pains, right? Um, you 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 never stop being a mom, so that's like a a forever job. Alhamdulillah, but I'm so grateful for you know Allah blessing me that way. I'm also the owner of of uh, Blessed Body Black Seed, uh, where I sell like uh, black seed oil and black seed oil capsules. Um, and Alhamdulillah, you know I'm I I'm, I'm currently a student as well studying um and i'm you know have uh, running my business family and studying and and working part-time as well <laughs> juggling a few things alhamdulillah um that's uh, all i have to say about myself inshallah just introduce yourself i'm oh i forgot to say i'm from toronto canada so like you know alhamdulillah we we uh, it's very cold here right now uh can't wait till spring we're all looking forward to spring alhamdulillah so Jazakallah Khair and Sister Noura. Okay. Introduce yourself. Okay. Assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi Sister Adiba. So I just introduced you, um, introduced myself just a little bit, inshallah. Uh, my name is uh, Noura Washington, and I am originally from Rochester, New York, upstate New York. Um, usually I say New York. When you said you were from New York, I was like, oh, she's like a real person from New York. I'm from upstate. So I know. <laughs> exactly. So, but still. Um, and I live, I actually live in uh, Riyadh, Saudi Arabia. I've been over here for about 17 years now, alhamdulillah. Um, I've actually been overseas, uh, in, overseas in the Middle East longer than I've been uh, in America. So I don't know if that, uh, you know, takes away my, um, my right to even claim <laughs> my citizenship right now. But at any rate, I am a mother of six. I'm an educator. Um, I'm also a health coach, and I'm also the CEO of Obsidian Herbal Health, and we're the makers of black seed oil gummies. Okay, mashallah. Mashallah, Jazakallah khairin. Alhamdulillah. So, um, <clears throat> sorry about that. For, for, you guys can hear me? Yes, I didn't. Okay. For the yeah. audience, I, I want to just introduce this wonderful woman, mashallah, tabarakallah, who we heard about and found out on Instagram. <laughs> um, I'm just going to read her bio. Her name is Adiba. She's an African-American born and raised Muslim, alhamdulillah, from New York City. Uh, she's a mother and mother of three and a critical care RN. By the way, my mother is also an RN and a midwife. I just wanted to share that with you. <laughs> <laughs> Alhamdulillah. Okay. 
Um, mashallah, as a black hijabi Muslima, since her high school years, she's consistently participated in leadership roles via clubs and activities to ensure representation for Muslim women. My, sorry, her interest in medicine started as a child and she went on to major in pre-medicine at Penn State University. Later, she decided to pursue a nursing degree and she says it's the most rewarding career choice, alhamdulillah. Her proudest accomplishments was her journey as an RN. She started her, her healthcare career as a pharmacy sales associate, moving on to become a board certified pharmacy technician, a CNA licensed ADN RN, then completed her BSN while working as a new grad in ISU trauma nurse. She's since traveled to work in several states, various intensive care units and other critical care areas. She's worked in nurse leadership roles and assisted in many crisis staffing assignments. She's also very passionate about holistic health and wellness, especially mental health awareness. She's trained with NAMI as a support group facilitator and it was a life-changing experience for her. She hopes to continue to learn, advance and serve her community as the best she can. Jazakumullah khairan. Sister Noura. Mashallah. Really, Sister Adiba, it is such a pleasure to welcome you and to e-meet you. Um, mm -hmm. Mashallah, we, we love your reminders. You're so inspiring and encouraging. Mashallah, yes. <laughs> Insightful and funny, hilarious. <laughs> mashallah, um, that's the way, alhamdulillah, your, your content presents very valuable um, issues, but in a way, alhamdulillah, that is engaging and captivating, alhamdulillah, and especially one of the things that I personally admire is your advocacy for uh, mental health awareness. Um, you know, mashallah, that is just one of the, you know, the most things that um, I think I take away because there's not enough information, there are not enough people talking about it. And with mental health being on the, the rise these days, mashallah, it's coming from a Muslima, alhamdulillah, an African-American Muslima, uh, you make it so relatable, alhamdulillah. Um, so mashallah, your content is just so valuable. Um, you have such a, mashallah, such a vibrant personality. And that's what, you know, drew us to you, alhamdulillah. So it really is really an honor to welcome you and to speak to you and uh, for our listeners as well, alhamdulillah. I'm sure that everyone will find uh, as much value um, that we have found, alhamdulillah, with uh, looking at your posts and reading your posts on Instagram. Um, so alhamdulillah, welcome. Alhamdulillah. Uh, thank you for that, because, you know, this was um, a long time in the making and I actually stepped out of several comfort zones <laughs> to do the Instagram account. But um, I appreciate the feedback. Uh, it definitely inspires me and motivates me to continue because it, we do need it. We do need it. Yes. Inshallah, I'm going to say I agree 100% with everything she said, and I'm, I'm sure a lot of your followers feel the same way. And you know, Alhamdulillah, we look forward to continuing to listen to your, um, your, uh, you know, your advice and your posts, and um, uh, you know, it's it's really inspiring. Jazakallah khairan. Right, right. 
So I just want to set the tone. Um, this is a very relaxed, like, you know, sisters talking kind of, um, you know, uh, interview. And I just mm -hmm. want you to feel like, you know, you could say whatever you want to say. Um, and um, as we said, just we're sisters talking, alhamdulillah. So Eureka, um, we, we've prepared a few questions and inshallah we'll take turns. Eureka, you can start with the question, Jazakillah uh, the first one. All right. Well, one of the things that I'm fascinated with um, in terms of your content and your profession is, uh, you know, as someone who's studied in the field of conventional medicine, um, what, is, what, what have you found to be the best way to kind of merge the, you know, the conventional medicinal treatments with natural and alternative therapy? That's always kind of like, you know, uh, something that is it's necessary, it's necessary. And I really, I like the way, mashallah, like you're in the profession, but then also alhamdulillah, you have that side of you where it's like, okay, take ginger. It's not always about taking, you know, uh, something from, you know, conventional or over-the-counter medicines. But so, so my question then is how do you merge that and how, and, and how do you work with that with your patients? Okay. Yeah. So, Growing up, uh, we've always lived like a holistic lifestyle. My mother was what they considered to be crunchy before it was a thing. Uh, you know, we, we lived in the health food store. We took cod liver oil. We ate seaweed. We took all the vitamins. We never had any medicine in the house. So it's something that's kind of ingrained in me. Okay. And one reason why I chose, um, I was drawn to critical care was because I felt like that was the one time that I was comfortable with, with all that medicine is because you're in a emergency situation. You know, there's a critical need. We need the modern medicine to get us past this point. Um, okay. However, I still feel like the, you know, the first line is the holistic approach. So the preventative, you know, the herbs and the vitamins and the lifestyle to prevent the critical moments. So okay. I, you know, as an ICU nurse, I can't really apply any of that. Um, mm. It really it doesn't really fit there. But when I worked in other areas, I, I did make an effort to avoid, you know, pharmacological interventions first. Really? I, do that, I do that as much as I can. Yes, I do. And I do make suggestions to the providers uh, about alternatives, you know, like, you know, instead of maybe medicating for sleep, let's consider you know, how we can group the activities so that we're not constantly interrupting this patient or let's make sure, let's look at the medication list and make sure none of the other medicines are causing, you know, the insomnia or different things. Just let's brainstorm uh, the person as a whole before we medicate this one symptom. Uh, so I do try to implement that. But yeah, this is just something that I was raised. I was raised this way. Uh, I believe in it. So I promote it. So it's basically it's, your lifestyle just infuses with your, the way that you practice and, and what you study. That's amazing, mashallah. Mm -hmm. How do they, how do they receive that when you're trying, when you, when you, when you try to treat the patient holistically, is that well received? Not all the time. I get a lot of blank stares, you know, um, <laughs> I don't always get you know, the response that I'm looking for, but I continue, or I'll talk to the patient first and I'll coach them and say, Hey, you know, let's talk about what else is going on. Um, 
you know, let's let's brainstorm before we contact the doctor. And then I can come to them with more information and kind of say, well, this is what the patient wants. They don't need to know that we've talked about it for 30 minutes, you know, beforehand. Um, so right. I, I usually, you know, I usually go to the patient first and a lot of education and reassure them that, um, you know, I'm trying to get down to the underlying reason. But the providers, they're not, for the most part, they're not interested, especially in critical care areas. Right. Right. That's much a lot, you know, and I, and I see that um, in your post that you really value wellness and, and wellness is not just one thing or another. It's, a, it's like you said, it's, it's treating the patient holistically. Um, so in saying that, like, what would be, because that's interesting with you having, um, you know, a lot of knowledge, pharmacological knowledge and conventional knowledge, how would then you define wellness? Um, because you're also passionate about um, alternative therapies, what would be your unique definition of wellness? Uh, wellness would be, let's see, how a person lives their life, how they feel, mind, body, and soul, because everything is connected. And I would, I would advise someone to look at their entire life, not, not just parts. We're not, we're, we're some of the parts. So I would say wellness, true wellness is the sum of those parts, you know, all the parts and uh, definitely a mind, body and soul approach. I think if we keep that in mind, we we can't compartmentalize as much, you know. MashaAllah, tabarakallah. Jazakallah khayrin. And it's uh, it's really um, such a, you know, uh, such an inspiration to have someone like you out there helping people because as you said most people feel are very uncomfortable with even trying anything holistic or natural it's always about what medication can we give them and mm -hmm. not taking into consideration um, the person as a whole and what else is going on so it's just really really um, fresh uh, fresh uh, freshening that you take that approach and I hope that more people can do that more doctors more nurses more healthcare practitioners but even that um, the next question I want to ask you, um, sister, is um, how did your personal background, being a Muslim and African-American woman, shape who you are today? You talked a bit about, like, you know, how your mother shaped your holistic um, health, uh, you know, uh, ways. But how, how, did, how did your background or your, um, uh, your experience growing up in uh, how did it shape who you have become today and the role that you and the role and the role that you play? Yeah, so I um so I grew up in New York City and uh, Queens, actually, Queens, New York City, and um, very diverse. I I knew people from all over the world. So I felt really comfortable with people, communicating with people, being around people who don't look, think, talk like me, that's never been, that's, that's never been an issue. But because I grew up in an area that was so diverse, I always saw people like me. So other black Muslim women, children. So I never felt like the minority that I actually am, if that makes sense. So um, I, I feel like I was able to develop a strong identity as a black Muslim woman because of that. And also my mother, she's mashallah, 
a very uh, strong woman, very strong, and always encouraged me and my sisters to be uh, be a voice and take positions of leadership and and you know representation matters. And I'm also the oldest daughter, so oh yes. I'm the oldest I know that. <laughs> yeah, some of that comes out in personality, so I naturally you know have to step up. But um, yeah, yeah, you know makes- we. You know what I mean? So it's like, I feel like I'm, I feel like I'm definitely in a triple minority group as a woman, as a Muslim, and then as a black woman, but I didn't necessarily feel it on a day-to-day. I, I don't, I don't remember any overt discrimination or racism growing up. So I feel like that I do have a little bit of privilege that I was allowed to, um, you know, develop as a person without having to deal with that. Yes, you know. Alhamdulillah, and I'm glad you uh, mentioned that actually because um, I like sometimes when um, I was just saying, you know, when I feel or I go through an experience or you know I'm discriminated against, I don't even know what I'm being discriminated for. Am I being discriminated for because I'm right. black? Is it because I'm I'm a woman? Is it because I'm Muslim? It's like you don't even know <laughs> what it is that that is going on, like where the bias is coming from. Uh, you know, Alhamdulillah. So it is definitely an experience that we experience as Muslim women and, and especially as black Muslim women too, you know, sometimes right. even the black community doesn't accept, uh, accept black Muslim women uh, or black, black Muslim men because they're, they're not, they don't consider them black. Um, I, I don't know if you've had that experience, but I've actually had that experience upon Allah. Um, you're a mom of three, mashallah, tabarakallah, but mashallah, you're very quite accomplished sister. What made this possible for you? Like what, what was your backbone, your support? And you've mentioned your mom. Um, uh, what, like, where did you, where do you draw your support from? And is it like, and your personal ambition? And you've talked about being the eldest. So definitely um, I, mm-hmm. I can relate to the ambition aspect of like just being the eldest and being a leader because you're kind of grown that way. But right. I'd, I'd love to know that. Jazakallah khairin. Yeah, so my mother has been my main source of support. Um, and you know, mothers tend to be, you know, my father supported whatever I wanted to do, but my mother was the one that encouraged me and pushed me along and just kind of nurtured my natural, um, like my natural inclinations towards certain things. But mm-hmm. I feel like the community was also just as supportive. Uh, but my mother definitely was my main source of, of support and motivation, um, so she kind of, she lit the fire and then I kept it going. Uh, but I wanted to circle back to what you said. You said briefly about not feeling uh, accepted in the black community versus, because I actually uh, made a post about this and I started a Facebook group for uh, black Muslims and scrubs for that exact reason, because I feel like we are, we sometimes get lost at the intersection of being Mm -hmm. black Muslim. Mm -hmm. And I definitely still feel this way that sometimes I'm not black enough for Mm -hmm. uh, other Muslims. Like I'm not black enough for the non-Muslim blacks. Mm -hmm. And then I'm not, I'm not Muslim Muslim enough enough. for the non, you know what I mean? For the non-black Muslims. Yeah. I still feel, I still feel that way. So in being in the short time that I've been on Instagram, it hasn't been a year yet. Um, I noticed that we don't have a space 
And every time I try to enter different spaces, I really feel left out. So I said, we need a space because we have, we are a unique group with unique experiences and, and it, and we matter and we, and it, you know, we deserve that. So um, yeah, that's definitely a thing. And that's why I created that space for us. Cause it's, it's an ongoing thing. How's it going? Um, pretty well so far. I think it's still very new. I think the group is only like five days old. Um, oh. Yeah, it's only like five days old. There's maybe like 45 sisters in there. Nice. Yeah, good. Started, yeah. And where can people find, uh, find this group, sister? Oh, it's on Facebook. And what is it called? It's called Black Muslimas in Scrubs. And, it's, and it's, it, the group is open to any Black Muslim woman who works in healthcare. Excellent. Bismillah. Sister Noor, you, you go ahead, Habibti. Oh, okay. Well, you mentioned earlier um, that you had to go or, or remove yourself from several comfort zones. And mm-hmm. I find myself, um, I'm still there. So. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. and, you know, when I see you, mashallah, I'm like, wow. Um, <laughs> You know, because that's like, you know, for me, I get anxiety. Like, it's like jumping off of a bridge, subhanAllah. And you see, mashallah, so confident and charismatic. And it comes so easy. Like, how did you do that? I'd like to know, like, in in what type of personality are you that you were really able to do that? Um, I think some of it is... So I'll say I definitely had some growing pains and I had a a lot of hard lessons, but I would say that my nursing profession has given me confidence that I never would have had before. And it's not just the profession itself. It's the type of work that I've done and the experiences that I've had. I've had to be independent for so long. I haven't been, I haven't been a staff nurse since 2011, which means I'm basically on my own. I work, you know, I find my own contracts, um, I, do, I renew my certifications. Everything I do, I do on my own. And um, it's been really empowering. At first, it was a little difficult, but it's been very empowering. And uh, I feel like I have a lot of autonomy and it, it has increased my, my confidence. But when I first started, I was struggling. I was struggling as a new grad. It was very stressful. Um, I, I started in South Carolina, so I was only only everything only black, only Muslim, only, you know, not only woman, but um, I just felt very isolated and alone. And it was, it was rough. I had to develop thick skin quickly, but my personality is such that I don't, I like the challenge, you know, and even though I, I was very anxious and it was very stressful, uh, I was determined to, to conquer it, so to speak. So some of this is personality, but as far as like my comfort zones, I'm not a public speaker. I swore that I would not be doing reels. You can ask my friends, but I, 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 I said, I'm not doing that. I was like, I'm not even gonna show my face. I'm not doing lives. I'm not doing any of that, you know? Like that's cringy, you know? But it just, <laughs> it just kind of evolved because I felt like I was connecting with people and what I wanted to do, I really, you just have to do it. You have to do it. You have to talk to people. You have to show them. And um, over the years, I've just gotten more comfortable uh, communicating with people and just interpersonal skills. You have to as a nurse, especially as a travel nurse. 
you're coming yeah. into foreign into a foreign place. You know, we say this is not our house. You know, you go into someone else's house. You have to follow their rules. Sometimes they don't even tell you what to do. You just have to jump in and, and you know, handle business. So um, I, my go with the flowness, <laughs> so to speak, is I can do that really well. You can throw me in any environment and I'm just going to start doing what needs to be done. I might start rearranging your whole system and you, know, you won't even know what's going on by the end of the day. But that it's just, it's, 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 you know, it's personality and it's just, I don't know. It's, I feel like a lot of nurses, some parts of nursing become a part of your personality. It becomes a part of your identity. I can't turn off. I can't turn off the nurse at this point. Yeah. Every, you, yeah. You're going to wear the nurse hat wherever you go. Um, yeah. So you talked about your social media sister. I'm just, I, I'm baffled because mashallah, you're so busy. You have so much going on. How do you find the inspiration and the time for content creation? Um, and also why is it important for you to be on social media? because I feel like well definitely because of the pandemic we've been mm. virtual for so long okay and it's the fastest and easiest way to reach people and to connect I have found over the past two years that I connect with real life friends more online than I do in person you know it's just it's just the way it is now and you can just reach people so quickly so I felt like it was unavoidable and um, it's so easy now. So I, I kind of gave in, you know, <laughs> I gave in. And uh, as far as like doing it all, content creating is a part-time job. I'm just going to say I have a newfound respect for influencers. And uh, I also used to cringe at the word influencer. I said, I'm not going to do that. I still don't think I'm an influencer. I feel like I am a health coach <laughs> slash uh I don't know anything but that anything but that but uh well you're definitely yeah, an influencer you are influencing people <laughs> I know I know I'm just I'm just kidding but yeah you know it's it's a part-time job it's a lot of work I have a newfound respect it's a lot of work yeah. and I mean it's not like fashion blogging or, or different type other type of influencers where they literally are documenting their life like they're always trying to capture something my page is I don't have to do that it's very specific like I stay within my niche of wellness uh health and wellness mm -hmm. but um it's it's definitely been a lot of work I've put in a lot of hours I have a whole I have a whole uh planner just for Instagram and I I schedule posts I, I do batch creations like one day out the week um, I'll do like a five or six, seven reels. You know, I make a whole bunch of posts at once and then I, um, you can schedule them. There's apps that let you schedule them. So you don't necessarily have to be, uh, plugged in all the time, but it definitely is, uh, a time investment. And, um, I, I just have to be organized about it. Mashallah. You're well, yeah. you're doing very well. Bismillah, mashallah, tabarakallah. And you. inshallah, we'll learn from you. <laughs> and we are going to learn from you. Because I'm like I struggle. I, I'm struggling too. Because I'm, I'm taking notes here. When you said kind of like back to <laughs> like, yeah, And for me, I struggle with yeah. what to share. Because I'm like, okay, you know, okay. what What do I share? You know, because you're like, yeah, you know, yeah, you don't no. want to be all about black seed. 
black seed, you know? So you're like, okay, right. well, I have to figure out other ways with connecting people. What do I want to share? And I've, I just thought to myself, just be more of yourself. Cause I'm always, I always love to inspire people with words and, and, you know, yeah. quotes and stuff like that. So I was like, okay, well you could do that, you know, and share, you know, your, your products as well. Cause you want to give a sense of giving back, but um, the whole doing of uh, reels and if I'm not there yet, but I'd love to get there. Inshallah. <laughs> yeah, I, inshallah, you'll get, you know, you'll be surprised. You'll get there faster than you think. And uh, I, you know, I recommend following some uh, IG coaches. I follow several of them and they've helped me a lot, um, you know, with tutorials and stuff. And mm. as far as my inspiration, I, I just think about what I need. And a lot of my stuff, I'd say 50% of my content is things that I've struggled with, mm-hmm. things that I still struggle with. And mm-hmm. I'm, I'm like, I can't be the only one. So I'll just put it out there. Or if I have an interaction with a friend or a family member, or if I read something in the comments in another group online, anything, uh, my inspiration comes from everywhere. If I'm outside at the store and I hear somebody say something, I'm like, oh, you know what, that's a, we should, we need to address that, you know, so then I'll, you know, I'll make, I'll make some content on it. I think my last, I was talking to a friend the other day and she's like, you know, talking about how she is having a hard time sleeping. She has a lot of kids. And so I thought, okay, well, I, I actually sent her like a little care package and I said, well, this, this might be helpful to, to other people. So then I made the reel about, about the insomnia. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Right. So, you know, comes from it comes from life and 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 just trying to help others mashallah which is what you're all about i mean it, I'm, yeah. I'm not i'm not surprised mm-hmm. um so in saying that if you could give our listeners three key pieces of health advice then what would they be i mean you have so many posts mashallah so much value mashallah so if you could take three of the top pieces of uh, advice what would they be uh my first my first uh thing would be uh, i guess number one is prevention is the key to wellness prevention i feel like we are a very uh how should i say it our society is quick to we're very reactionary you know like we're very uh um, do something like fix it right now. I need, I just need yeah. this to go away right now. Yeah. You know, give me a pill, give me something that I can just make this go away. Yeah. And the whole like, medical oh. system that our whole Western medical system is based on that though. That's the thing. It is. It is. And it's, and it's, and it's wrong. It's wrong because we can't keep staying living in this acute state. You know, this, I feel like it's like a f- constant fight or flight state. Like I need something, something's wrong with me. I just need you to give me something right now. So I don't have to deal with this anymore. Meanwhile, you haven't seen a provider in five years, you know, like you don't, you're not, you don't eat properly. You don't know what's going on in your body. That's why I made that one reel about, um, I think it's called prevention. And it talks about, you know, getting annual, annual checkups, annual labs, things like that. I feel like if we just focus on prevention, it will eliminate a lot of chronic illnesses, um, mind and body. Why do you think people or our society or our community, um, specifically, why do you think that we are reactionary? And I'm guilty too, you know, I kind of, I mean, I, I don't know if I fall into the habit of someone who, who you know, 
who I, I always say, and I think I wrote, I, I had a comment, I commented on one of your uh, posts. I said, you know, I think like, oh, I'm healthy. Oh, I'm vegan. Oh, I exercise. So I don't need to go and check up, check myself up. I don't feel any pain. So, yeah. um, you know, so there are other reasons, but why do you think as a whole, like people are, you know, what's your theory in terms of people not wanting to, you know, be more preventative in terms of their health? I suffer with this. So I'm going to take this advice from you. I, it's just, a, it's just a culture. I mean, it's the culture in which we've been, uh, I, I won't say brainwashed. That's too strong, but it's just our culture that we have been made to feel like you know, you're fine until you're not. And I mean, growing up, you know, my mom was, was crunchy. So she was, you know, always doing the preventative things, but many people that I know, they didn't even think about health and illness until they were sick. It just, it just wasn't there, you know? And I think it's also because, you know, the, the, our standards of care is, you know, you see a doctor once a year, you know, you see a dentist twice a year, nobody, nobody cares about you any other time. You know, and I don't know if it's because of if it's a healthcare disparity thing or if it's economics. I'm not sure, but I just feel like we as a society have been cultured in this way. We don't think about food as medicine. You know, we don't think about our lifestyle as as the key to our wellness, like our entire lifestyle. Whereas, you know, us as Muslims, we understand that Islam is our way of life. I feel like if we as a society, we took that approach to our body, you know, our health we wouldn't be as sick as we are. Mm. You know, it's going to be a huge, it would, it would need to be a huge uh, mindset shift, like systemically, which isn't, is probably never going to happen because medicine is money, you know? Right. Right. But I think alhamdulillah, these steps that, you know, you're taking and other people are taking in terms of education and awareness. This is where we start. Alhamdulillah. Those reminders are, important so valuable so valuable. alhamdulillah you know i i wanted to i was just reflecting on my own self and i even as a mother i was never the person who goes to the doctor with my kids i always try to find alternative ways to heal and um, for me um, prevention does not necessarily mean going to the doctor and find out if something's wrong for me it's more like okay what can i do to you know uh, boost my immune system, mm-hmm. uh, my children, make sure my kids also, their immune system is strong, um, uh, you know, that they're healthy, alhamdulillah, so that they can, if their body's attacked with illness, the body can respond and protect itself because that's what the body does. And the only time yeah. the body falls to illness is when it's too weak to be able to fight for itself, right? Right. So, yeah. so you know, there's, I think, um, also the, the whole medicalization of everything, like literally, you know, everything has been medicalized. And of course, it's because it's, you know, the profit and the money that comes from it for, um, for, you know, doctors and, and the healthcare, um, you know, industry, I should say. Um, And, you know, um, I remember in one of my courses, I took a course in sociology of health, back in when I was in university and um, they said that, you know, um, why would you want people who are well and healthy when you only get paid when they're sick? Right. 
you know? So that, Uh, for me, that uh, was like, oh my God, that was so profound. I was like, well, yeah, why would a doctor want you to be healthy? They want you to be sick as long as you can, you could be, make sure you could take medication as long as you can take it because that's where the money is for them. Exactly. Wow. Whereas other, like other healthcare, um, you know, um, systems that have existed throughout, you know, our history um, as human beings. Like if you look at the Chinese medicine, if you look at Ayurvedic, the Indian uh, medicine, um, it, it's, it wasn't about um, uh, making, you know, it was more about make sure people are well. And in fact, I, I was, I remember uh, them saying that, you know, the, 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 the local doctor or whatever healer in that village would only get paid if people were well. They didn't get paid when people were sick, hmm. you know, subhanAllah. So, uh, yeah. And, 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 and I think um, as, and I think as, as women and as parents also, uh, and um, uh, uh, care, caregivers, uh, we, we take, we have to be the ones who initiate that and who, um, you know, teach our kids, alhamdulillah, how to do that. Like, you know, how do you avoid always, you know, relying on medicine. One key big thing that I have an issue with is the whole painkiller thing. Mm-hmm. Everybody wants to get rid of the pain and they don't care what else happens in their body. You know, I have a headache. Let me just pop some Advil, pop some Tylenol. But right. your body is telling you something is wrong. That's why right. you have that headache. You know, maybe like it could have been something as, okay, you need to drink more water you need to sleep you know all these things but the thing is no they're we're trained and i see this in my kids too my uh like you know it's all about like making sure you don't feel pain but pain actually is the body telling us something right so now i know you know when i always say no i'm not going to take and i i'm i'm not an advocate really for uh painkillers but I actually need to feel what's going on in my body. Yeah. And that's why, um, you know, I, I shy away from painkillers. <laughs> right. I agree. Yeah. And I don't, I, I don't, uh, I don't support that being the first line either. I think we're, we're not, you know, as a society too, we are not comfortable with feeling uncomfortable. You know, we feel like we always, you know, the idea of, I just need to be pain free. I can't, I don't want to experience any type of suffering. I don't, I can't handle any, any setback or anything. Just make it go away. Exactly. I, I don't know if this is a, is like some widespread trauma response, but it's okay to have a little pain, you know? And I tell my kids this too. And they're like, huh? you know, I said, you know, honey, it's your, lo- your tooth is loose. It's going to hurt. It's going to mm-hmm. hurt. I can't take the pain. I cannot take all the pain away. It's going to hurt, but then it's going to fall out and you, you're not even going to remember it. Mm-hmm. You know, right. we have to build some level of resilience in that area. You know, you, you don't need to be. And, and even in, in the hospital, we definitely can't always take patients pain away. And if we tried to, they'd be so sedated, they couldn't even breathe. So we do end up saying, you know, the goal for you today is going to be pain of three out of 10. We can't do zero. We can't, you know, that that's your reality. And, and they, they accept that, but I feel no. like people need to accept that in, you know, in, in their everyday life. It's okay to be a little uncomfortable. It's okay to take this herb. It tastes horrible. It's okay. Take it anyway. You know, it's good for you. It doesn't mm-hmm. have to be sweet. Just do it. You know, 
Yes, yes. You're, subhanallah, subhanallah. It's so true. Um, you're talking. You just talk, mentioned herbs, and um, what supplements or herbs do you suggest that people take? And um, if you want to give any advice on that, that would be wonderful. Mashallah. Yeah. So I'm careful about about recommending supplementation for people because you know that I. I really believe that people need to know their baselines. They need to get labs drawn and know what their body is doing. But there are some that are just good for everybody. You know, they they really can't hurt. Uh, vitamin C is my favorite, number one favorite. Uh, we don't get enough from our diets, even though people think they do. We don't. I feel like everyone should be taking something every day, mm. you know, just as a maintenance for immune support. Mm -hmm. And vitamin C is so mainstream now that we give it in the hospital, you know, especially in the units like the burn unit. We, it's understood that it's really good at wound healing and boosting the immune system. Um, okay. I believe like high dose therapy, high dose therapy, vitamin C for like illnesses. But yeah, I would say vitamin C is number one. Uh, zinc also for um, immune boosting antioxidant cell renewal. I feel like, you know, a small dose of zinc won't hurt anyone. And, and then magnesium, there are several types of magnesium, but most people, you know, may not realize, but each, each type has a different function. Uh, but that's not one that you can really overdose on. And we're just, our, our food is so contaminated now that we don't really get the, the nutrients, the, the minerals and the electrolytes that we need. So I feel like those three are safe to supplement with. And uh, vitamin D, because of COVID, um, I would suggest vitamin D too, but definitely check the levels first. Check the levels first. Um, Black seed oil. We grew up on black seed oil. Again, my mother's an OG. She's been doing these things, you know, since before it was, it, it was popular, but we grew up on black seed oil. We took it every day. Love your mom. I hope our kids will say that about us, inshallah, because right? <laughs> they get, they get fed up with you. Black seed oil again. You know? Again, I know. I know. I have my kids. With, we have the cod liver oil. We grew up on cod liver oil. Yeah, and, same. Um, same. You know, echinacea. Yeah. Same. Yeah. <laughs> wow. All, all, all Definitely we have, definitely we have parallel lives. Really quick, you said uh, something that was interesting because uh, about magnesium. Um, so you said that many people don't know that there are different types. I'm currently um, taking, I'm not taking it, but I'm applying magnesium oil. So it's magnesium. I just, I ran and got the bottle when you said that it's magnesium chloride and natural trace minerals. And I just like, you know, I, I rub this on my body. Um, what do you say? <laughs> Anything about that? What do you know about it, and do you recommend it? Yeah, magnesium chloride is good for relaxing your muscles. So I'm guessing you're doing it for for those reasons. I've I've never heard of magnesium oil though. That's new. That's new for oh, me. Okay. But I, I don't see. It, I mean, it can't hurt. I don't see how it could hurt. Okay. If you have some relief, I think that's great. But yeah, magnesium chloride is for. Right. Uh, for yeah, yeah I have arthritis. So I take it for my arthritis. Okay. Yeah. Um, I was, you might want to check out, uh, doTERRA has, uh, an essential oil 
um, called Deep Blue. I have it. Yes, yes, I you have, have it. it. Okay, see, we we here, we here. Okay, you you good? All right. Yeah, I love it. I love it. Sure. You're doing things. You're doing things. Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah. <laughs> Our backgrounds really are very similar. Alhamdulillah. To um, my, you know, I grew up in a family where my both of my parents, mashallah, were just really, you know, into health so much so that I I used to vow when I was a child that I would never, you know. <laughs> Uh, do anything that you know I was forced to do you know like no sugar no yeah. white flour no white bread um, yeah we had I remember one day I just want to share this really quick I remember I was so happy one day because my dad made pancakes so he was like I made pancakes we come downstairs and they're like buckwheat pancakes with, uh, <laughs> with molasses and yeah. we had the bell pepper in the pancakes so like what is this no, <laughs> oh no <laughs> bell peppers oh, sweet bell pepper, you know so but now i i'm the same person i am that i am the same <laughs> and um you know my children they probably talk about me behind my back but um i see them you know modeling they you know we you know fast foods we don't do fast foods and they don't you know they don't crave it um, you know, we don't have white sugar in the home. I don't know what they do, you know, at their friend's home, but, uh, you know, alhamdulillah, we're molding them. And like you said, this yeah. is all preventative. Yes. And, yeah. and even though, you know, they might not really appreciate or understand what we're doing. Alhamdulillah, I think that we are uh, creating a pathway so that they can, you know, kind of carry the torch of health and wellness and, you know, holistic healing to the best of, you know, our knowledge. So mm -hmm. it's very and I, I applaud you, mashallah, for that. Amen. That's all we can do is try. Amen. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, yeah, you mentioned some some uh, some winners there, alhamdulillah. Um, one of the things I think that a lot of people have uh, an issue with is consistency. You yeah. know, yes, every, yes. You know, all these things are excellent to take, they're necessary, but it's just, you know, being consistent with health habits. Um, so what health habits, um, Sister Adiba, what health habits do you recommend for a holistic health and wellness lifestyle? What's, what are your, what are your top health habits, inshallah? For consistency or just in general? For consistency, like what would you say, you know what, guys, be consistent in these. I know you mentioned the, the different uh, uh, minerals and herbs that are good, but lifestyle, uh, lifestyle changes or lifestyle habits um, that one should be consistent in? Yeah, so it was, I think I was answering that, the other question too, about the like the, the top three, top three wellness too. It, so this kind of ties into that as well. So along with like the prevention, I would say, you know, uh, number two is definitely mind your mental health and always be, be in tune with your, with your mental health. You know, mm. the stigma is definitely still there. And I think people feel like unless I have a diagnosis, <laughs> I don't really need to worry about that. But you do because mind becomes body. So I would say that's just as important. You know, say that, say that again. I said mind becomes body. Whatever's mm -hmm. going on in the mind, eventually it will manifest in the body. And mm. I do feel like a lot of people are doing exactly that. They're having you know, we call them psychosomatic responses. Their mind is, is not well, you know, they're, they're uneasy, they're anxious, they're depressed, they're, 
they have PTSD, they have all these things that they're not addressing and it's manifesting in their body. I don't think people appreciate how powerful the, that connection is. Mm-hmm. And so if we, if we just don't acknowledge that at all and we just keep treating the body, it will never end. You know, it, it's just, it'll just be a cycle. So I feel like that's, that definitely has to be in the holistic recipe of life, you know, mental health. Mm-hmm. You mentioned, you mentioned nanny. What was that all about sister? And you said that it was a life change, changing experience for you. How so? Oh, she has, one, has one more. She's giving us three. Oh, one more. Yeah. The third one was, um, I, I know, but the reason I asked is because this has to do with the mental health. That's yeah, I'll, I'll come back to it. Let me just throw okay. that third one. Out there. The third all one right. was, um, the third one is, uh, it takes a village. It really does. And I feel like, you know, it's cliche. People say it, but what I mean is we need each other in every way mm. we need, we need connection. And my, my motto is we're better together. I'm actually going to be starting a podcast and it's called we're better together. We need each other. We need each other. We need connection. We need village. We need community. We need, we need sisterhood and brotherhood. We, you know, that support. I don't think people, this is, and this is, and this will go back to the NAMI thing, but um, this is why support groups are so powerful. You know, they're so therapeutic. We can't do this alone. And I, I made a post about this too, about how dangerous it is to isolate and how solitude is not isolation. Solitude can be healing and healthy, but it's not isolation. We need each other. And you know, we, we see this in, in several communities. In the Muslim community, we see it too. We're, we're not really connected to each other. We're, you know, we're separated in different re- ways for different reasons, but you know, keep your connections with your friends, with your family. Mm-hmm. Uh, we don't need to do this alone. Yeah, you and know, it's been compounded it's now because right. of COVID too. Right, it's so much worse. And that's, this is why I, like mental health support right now is, is above any, is number one. It is number one, because I feel like if we address that, a lot of the physical ailments will go away. Mm. Like we are so isolated right now, just naturally because of the pandemic, but we had these issues beforehand and now it's just much worse. So I'm just like, we need each other. Everyone has their strength. You know, it's, we can't do all the things. It's okay. You know, maybe, you know, I'm just example, you know, I can, I can cook. My friend can't cook. You know, she's great with, with uh, the homeschooling. I'm struggling with it. Let's come together and make this work. Why are we struggling separately? You know, I'll, I'll cook for you. You teach my kids. You know, we need each other. So that was the third one. And so that segues into the NAMI. So NAMI is the National Alliance for Mental Illness. And um, my, um, I was actually in nursing school when I was introduced to them. And I think I was doing my psych rotation, but um, I was helping um, a family member who was struggling with, with mental health issues. And I said, well, let me see what this, what's, what this is about. So I actually started going, NAMI is a national organization, but they have chapters in every state and they have groups, support groups almost in every city. And so I started to go to one and actually I needed the support because nursing school was extremely stressful extremely stressful. And so I was like, okay, this is going to help me help them. It's going to help everybody. So I started going to the meetings once a week and, um, you know, very informal, but, um, I just could see the power of the group therapy, like the group, like the support group. 
and uh, I, you know, I, I slowly kind of extended it out, out of the group and started to have little meetings with other nursing students. And, uh, you know, I asked them, I said, well, how can I do more? So they said, well, we can, you know, you can do one of our training, you know, we have a training session coming up. So they actually trained me to be a support group facilitator so that I could uh, lead my own groups. But I feel like that support really made a huge difference for me, a huge difference for me. I didn't even realize I needed it. So it helped me out. It helped other people. It helped my family member. And ever since then, I've, I've just been very passionate about mental health. I didn't go into psych nursing. I wasn't that passionate, but I appreciate, you know, um, I appreciated that it, that it's much needed. It's much needed. Alhamdulillah. Jazakallah khair. Well, we're, we're almost at our time, inshallah. So wrapping up, um, Rika, do you have any um, last question you'd like to ask her? No, alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah. Mashallah. My question is, what is next for you, sister? Um, like, what, where do you see yourself, inshallah? Or what would you like to accomplish um, moving forward? You've, mashallah, done a lot uh, already. What does the future hold, Idni Rahman? Um, inshallah, you know, I'm, I'm. I'd like to see where the the Instagram journey is going to take me. I am looking into getting certified as a holistic uh, coach, like a not a holistic a nurse coach. Like, there's actually a certification for it. Um, it's about an eight month eight month curriculum, but I'm trying to get certified uh, in that. And I'm also considering options for a nurse practitioner, nurse practitioner degree, maybe family nurse practitioner. Um, I really don't, I really don't want to go back to school, but I don't think I can avoid it. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I'm looking into those options because I really feel like I need, I'm so limited right now. You know, like I really want to have my own practice, my own space. Mashallah. I love what I'm saying. Grant that and more to you, you know, um, to great things, uh, you know, whatever your endeavors are, may Allah give you uh, and grant you success in that. I just want to also let people know you can follow Sister um, uh, Adiva at N-U-R-S-E, nurse, D-E-E-B-A. You can find her on Instagram, inshallah, and um, you won't regret it, inshallah. (laughs) and uh, you can also follow um you can follow me at black seed no sorry i can't even say i'm forgetting my name blessed (laughs) body black seed so that's b-l-e-s-s-e-d b-o-d-y and then b-l-a-c-k-s-e-e-d and i'm realizing how long that is right now Alhamdulillah. And also, Sister Nura can be reached at Black Seed Oil Gummies. So you can find her at B L A C. Do you want to say this so I don't mess it up? Um, Go ahead, Nora. Nora. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'll say it. Okay. Okay, black seed oil gummies. It's B L A K S. Don't forget the C. B L A C K. I said C. B L A C K. S E E D O I L G U M M I E S. 
Mashallah, tabarakallah. We look forward to connecting with all of you. Thank you for listening. Wassalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah. Wa alaikum salam wa rahmatullah.